Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Small Town Nerdcast. Of course, I am your host, Bryfi, your comics guy, and you might be asking yourself, yo, what's up with the quality this week? Well, that's because I am recording in my car. I I have this really awesome Sure microphone, that's the name of the brand, that uh, plugs right into my iPhone, and I have used this many times in the past. I've actually, I actually really enjoy this microphone, and I think the quality is fairly good, man. I think this is on par with like my home station that I use. So, pretty stoked to use this again. And the reason why I'm recording in my car is because I have once again let you all down and forgotten to record an episode. But I have an excuse, or like I have a good reason. The reason is I'm working nights and it's fucking hard, all right? So get off my case, boy. Um, but yeah, so this week we're going to talk about uh, Spider-Man because that's what I've been reading. I apologize if you hear a bunch of noise in the background. That is just the sound of vehicles and other things passing me by. And I have notes here that I was going to read off of. And I'm trying to figure out if that's really the safest thing to do while driving. Luckily for me, uh, when I used to record and drive back in the day, uh, I did that going to work in downtown Houston. Lots of traffic, very dangerous, but made it all the more entertaining. <laughs> um, nowadays, I drive mostly on a county road or like a country road. So there's not really traffic or things to worry about. So... It makes doing this a hell of a lot easier and or safer or any of those other things. Anywho, uh, with that being said, let's talk about... Actually, you know, let's get into um, some nifty nerd news stuff that I can remember off the top of my head and some small town drama. Then we'll get into the review of uh, the Amazing Spider-Man comics that I've been reading. But anyway, up first in nifty nerd news. So there's been a lot of shit going on with uh, James Gunn and his new uh, DC universe that he's curating and building over there. And a lot of people are worried and kind of scared because it's it's a complete reboot of the entire DC universe franchise. Uh, well, franchise the entire DC movie universe like it is a top to bottom reboot um we we're finding out henry cavill's not coming back because the direction they're going is with a younger superman uh we know that robert pattinson's batman is not going to be a part of the main dc universe like um whatever they're doing i think is, is it matt reeves is the director of those like whatever they're doing is going to be completely separate from like the dc proper universe that is being built although i would love to see robert pattinson brought in as like the universe's batman uh, it just seems right now with those movies they are not going to tie into anything that is currently happening uh with warner brothers and dc entertainment uh, there are reports now that and we don't know how true this is yet, but it looks like Gal Gadot is not returning as Wonder Woman in the new series. Uh, so that's kind of a shocker. And of course, we've heard about the the differences between uh, the DC execs and Patty Jenkins and them uh, falling out and stuff. And so there's just it's been a lot, man. They're doing a complete teardown. There's no news on what's going to happen with Shazam. He's got a movie coming out. 
Uh, probably after the movie, he's not going to be a part of it anymore from my take. Uh, Black Adam was not renewed for a second movie. It looks like so Black Adam's getting canceled. So it it is a like like this is it, man. Like this iteration of the DC Entertainment Universe is gone. And they've spent who knows like over 10 years trying to get something that's even somewhat resemblance of what Marvel has tried to build uh, or what Marvel has built. And uh, DC's just been trying to capture some of that and just, who knows. But now they've fallen even more behind because now they're rebooting everything to try to, you know, get to ground zero and work its way back up. And, I mean, honestly, this is probably the best thing for DC right now. And it's the smart decision. It just also really sucks because you have built this universe and you have created characters that are that people now relate to that like despite what people have said about Gal Gadot and when she first became Wonder Woman people now know her as Wonder Woman you know Henry Cavill as Superman um, Jason Momoa as Aquaman and now you're tearing that all down and it kind of sucks uh, I'll be honest but now that frees up these actors to do other things. Maybe they could come over to the Mar Marvel Universe. It'd be Marvel heroes or villains. And that would be pretty fucking awesome if I do say so myself. But we'll have to see. We don't know what's... Like, Marvel's got a plan and they probably already have people signed up for it. But who knows? Maybe we could see some of the the DC Big Three appear. You know, well, the, the actors appear in the Marvel Universe. Which would be kind of funny and kind of awesome at the same time. Um... What else is going on in Nifty Nerd News? Um, Elon Musk is a complete twat, it seems like. It's funny because, you know, he, like, bought Twitter and then put himself in charge of Twitter. And then there was huge backlashes. And then he decided, hey, you know what I should do? I should do a poll because people like polls and democracy. And that's going to work out great. And then everyone was like, we don't want you anymore. And then he got hurt. <laughs> <laughs> he got upset, but it looks like he's going to abide by those rules uh, that he set for himself. And so it's so supposedly he's supposed to be stepping down as CEO of Twitter. Still going to run things in the background like software and stuff like that because, I mean, he still bought Twitter. So he still owns Twitter. He's just not going to be the, uh, the CEO of it, which is probably for the best, let's be honest. But things need to be fixed because he's pretty much let it run wild in the worst possible way. And so... We'll see. I have been looking at Twitter alternatives. There's uh, Mastodon, which is one that I'm still curious about. I mean, a lot of people are going to that one, and that seems to be the direct rival to Twitter. But I'm very interested in this one called Hive. Uh, Hive is a, a much smaller version. It's definitely friendly, though, um, and it promotes more being nice to people than being assholes to people and so I, I'm more interested in that one because I'm just looking to have a good time on social media not like be upset and that's it seems like that's all Twitter is trying to do to me lately <laughs> is try to just upset me so we'll see how things turn out on that end as far as other nifty nerd news man I really I, I, I don't know too much i know avatar the way of water has been released and while it's still like blowing up the box office it is not fr it, frankly it's not doing as well as they had hoped but it's still holding strong i mean this thing's making hundreds of millions of dollars so it's not like it's a flop by any stretch of the imagination 
then again, I don't remember how much it costs to actually make this movie. So they could still be in the red <laughs> as far as I know. Like maybe they have to gross like $5 billion just to make even. No, I don't think it's that much. But like I was curious like how, how much money they spent on this because like I said, they, they're actually not like they they were projecting much higher numbers than they're actually getting with avatar way of water but we'll see what's crazier to me though is james uh cameron has already been talking about like what's going to be hat oh it wasn't cameron it was uh his producers were already talking about like what's going to be happening in like movie five and six and so like they ha apparently have this all planned out that much further in advance but i don't know man like i was telling someone I think it was last night. It's not that I don't think the movies are bad. It's just there after the first movie, there was really nothing there to really make me want to cling to these characters, to really know more about these characters. Like, not that they're uninteresting, but for me, it wasn't like, wow, I really relate to this guy and I really want to see what happens now that he's got a new alien blue body. Like, that, that really wasn't for me and like the way the movie ends it just you know it seems happy like he's found a tribe he's found like a family that he didn't have because all of his other family was gone for the most part he got a body where he could run again he found love with a alien blue woman and like end of story they beat back the humans and things are gonna be good until movie two comes out and the humans are like yeah nah fuck that we're like we got badass military and then they're gonna fight them back beat them back again until the third movie when they're like hey you know don't like that we're gonna come back and <laughs> so i don't know man like I'm, I'm just not that into the avatar movies they look beautiful they're stunning like let's not shy away from that but it's just i'm not that interested i'm not that connected to the characters and i'm not that like that that story doesn't enthrall me so much because to me it's like just watching pocahontas or the fern gully all over again at least that's how the first movie was second movie maybe a little more interesting i don't know but i'm just not willing to give it a chance but i'll wait till maybe it comes out on a streaming service and i can watch it for free maybe that's when i'll be like hey this is worth the watch but until then it's not really my jam man but that's really all that I can remember for the Nifty Nerd News stuff that I wanted to talk about this week. Uh, for, ooh, this is good, the small town drama. And this one just came up, like, not too long ago, so it's fresh in my mind. And it's it's been very heated uh, as far as things that have been going over on my city's Facebook group chat, my small town's Facebook group chat. But in Houston and maybe in other parts of the world, our country, I don't know, how uh, popular these are. There are these like, I mean, you know how you have food trucks, but they also have like coffee trucks. And some of these coffee trucks do weird gimmicks to try to get people to come over to their stand versus other ones. And one of these things that people are doing is, um, uh, what do they call it? Uh, bikini baristas. So girls dressing up in swimsuits or like very hot outfits, but much like a Hooters or a Twin Peaks or a Bombshells, like those kind of restaurants. Or, you know, the girls are dressing a little skimpy, a little sexual to try to, you know, cater to a certain clientele who enjoys looking at those things, which, yes, I am that certain clientele. <laughs> anyway, so I think the name of the place is called Hottie's Cup or Hottie Cups, and they're looking to do one in our small town. Well, people have seen the trailer. It hasn't gotten approval yet. Apparently, it's still waiting to get 
whatever you, a permit to be able to do business here in the city. But people have seen the trailer because it's parked off a main road and they have decided to let their opinions know. Like some people, like I think it was first posted in Jess, like, oh, look what's coming to our town. It's kind of funny. Can't wait to get coffee here. Like, and you know, like people at first were kind of making fun of it. Like, but where are they hiring the girls? They're going to be from our town. And if you know anything about the girls here, they're all like awful. Here's the thing about my small town. It doesn't matter, man, woman, scantily clad, fully clothed. It seems like anyone who works in this town is just inherently shitty. <laughs> like, like, I can go to my McDonald's here and then go to a McDonald's out of town, any other town. It doesn't even matter if it's another small town or a big town. And you can com you can tell that there is absolutely a difference in quality between the people that work at the the fucking McDonald's here versus the people who work at the McDonald's at another city. And it's not that they get paid more. It's just for whatever reason. And maybe it's because there's more people to choose from. You have more personnel so you can get rid of the ones you don't like versus our small town where you're kind of stuck with what you got because, you know, we're still smaller town. So, you know, the workforce is not as plentiful as in bigger cities or in other towns so maybe that's what it is it's just they you know they have the convenience of being able to get rid of the unwanted and be like hey you're shit at your job we got hundreds of people lined up behind you looking for this job we're gonna have to let you go versus here where it's like well you know they're they're a body and they're at least here and so but it's crazy how you can always tell in our small town the difference in quality of service based on just the people alone like it's awful it sucks but who knows you know i will say the starbucks that we have which is fairly new has been doing a pretty damn good job but i think that's because people want to work at starbucks like they don't go there because they have to have a job they go there because they want to have a job like they want to work at that job and then again starbucks is a very popular brand so they probably have you know no want for new employees like like there's always people lined up to try to work at starbucks and people are grateful for that job anyway i'm getting way off topic here so there's hottie cups people are you know complaining because it's going to be staffed with people from our small town so it's probably gonna be crappy anyway and then come the christians <laughs> and not not to say like oh these christians are bad but it's like the people that they make their religion their personality and they're like, well, this is just awful. This shouldn't be allowed. This is going to make men sinners. And it's just going to invite, like, sin and, and like, and infidelity or whatever the fuck. Like, where you cheat on your family and stuff. Like, they believe now that they're gonna, there's going to be a barista and a bikini, all the men in town are going to cheat on their wives so that they can get with the coffee bikini girl. And that's just ass-backwards thinking to me because... Yes, we are going to flirt with whatever girl is in there because it is a girl in a bikini and men are awful. Let's face it. That is just a known fact. But this this person probably, you know, is working for money, like has a job and needs to serve coffee. Now, whatever they do off the clock, that's up to them. But, like, here's the thing. Like, they're blaming this unknown person. It, probably going to be female who's wearing a bikini because that's the whole idea of this this food truck this coffee truck they're already blaming said unknown person who is not even hired yet 
on the infidelity of the men in my small town without even giving this thing a chance. Like, they, they've already just conceded that our men are awful. And then blaming the girl for it. And then they're saying, like, she's inviting being assaulted or flirted with or stuff like that because she's dressing that way. And not at all trying to hold the men accountable for their actions. And she doesn't even exist yet, which is the best part. Like, they have just made a bikini straw man to go after because they don't like the idea of whatever, like, a bikini. Like, let's just face it. They don't like the idea of a bikini. But I don't see them complaining about Hooters. I don't see them complaining about all these other things. I don't see them complaining about what's on TV or any of those kind of shit. They just... I I have no idea. Maybe it's because it's in their face. It's on the main road, so they have to see it. Maybe that's why they're so upset by it. But it's just, it's asinine. Don't go there. I guarantee because of the town that we live in, this thing will not last a month or two. Like, it, at most, it lasts two months. It's definitely not going to last anytime soon with the weather the way it's going to be because it's going to be freaking cold. I feel sad for the poor person who has to wear a bikini in that little metal sh shack. But, like... Here we are wanting new things and wanting to grow the economy and shop local and stuff. And here comes a food truck that is trying to do that. Give a local opportunity to a couple of people to serve coffee to the community. And they're going to shit all over it. But they're not sitting here shitting all over Starbucks where that money doesn't go back to the community except for the few workers that work there. Like, so they just don't know what to be mad about. So they're choosing to be mad at the, the female body. Like, that's really what it comes down to, in my opinion. I, for one, enjoy looking at girls in bikinis. My wife knows this. She loves looking at girls in bikinis. And we've already told ourselves we are definitely going to be getting coffee at this place. And hopefully it's good coffee. Now, that's the other issue. I don't know how good this coffee is. I tried looking up their Facebook and Instagram and stuff. And while there are some pictures on there that show girls in bikinis serving coffee, there's, like, little to no reviews on said coffee. So it could probably be, be like, the absolute worst fucking cup of coffee that we've ever tasted. But, hey, boobs. And so, I, and I, you know, I, I do have to admit, boobs do increase flavor and in just anything. Like... The presence of boobs already give, like, a plus five to, like, anything. <laughs> so, I, for one, will be super stoked and super excited for uh, said coffee place. But, you know, that's just me. That, that That's just my opinion. And I'm just one guy. But we'll see how things work out. But that's it for the uh, small town uh, drama of everything. Let's move on to the comic book that I wanted to review for you guys. And that is Amazing Spider-Man written by Nick Spencer. Art by a bunch of fucking people. I think Humberto Ramos is one of them. Ryan Otley and editor for this is uh, oh, what is his name? Is it Nick Lowe I think is the editor for this. And the only reason why I bring up the, the uh Ooh, excuse me, I burped. Uh, the editor for this is there was a funny bit of information on here um, from the editor. He did an interview, and in the in interview, he had stated that this story that we're about to talk about was the one that Nick Spencer pitched that got him the Amazing Spider-Man job. So, like, this is the story that Marvel was, like, sold. Like, you are going to write our Spider-Man book now because we are we want to see this story that you have planned and this story revolves around Craven the Hunter and I gotta say while it's similar to a past Craven the Hunter story 
it's pretty fucking good, man. Like I, I was pretty stoked on on reading this, and I had a good time reading it. And it's uh, so the series is called Spider Man Hunted. Uh, it's from Amazing Spider Man issue sixteen through twenty three, and I believe this is the two thousand and eighteen run of Amazing Spider-Man. There's also three tie-ins that are tied into the Hunted storyline that revolve around other characters. I think Black Cat's in one of them, the Gibbon is another one, and then the Lizard is the last tie-in to this. So, um, basically, Craven the Hunter uh, has killed off his whole family. Like that, that is a thing. I think he has one daughter who has disowned him and doesn't, doesn't want to be a part of it anymore. So in a desperate attempt to find families and an heir to his name, he, uh, kidnaps or captures. I don't know. He basically convinces the high evolutionary to, uh, create a, like a fuck ton of little mini clone Craven the hunters, our sons, if you will. And, um, they end up, of course, being Craven, fighting to the death, where only one survives. So you have now a young Craven and a Papa Craven. <laughs> so Papa Craven is the original Craven the Hunter, and he's got a son now, young Craven the Hunter. And I think that's even his fucking name. He just calls him, or he doesn't even have a name. He's just son. You are just young son, <laughs> young nut. Um, so Craven's been with the help of Black Ant, Taskmaster. And Arcade setting up a death trap. They've been kidnapping animal-themed villains and just heroes and people. Just animal-themed people. And uh, the plan is to, one, capture all these animal-themed uh, people and put them in Central Park. Two, invite super-rich, wealthy thrill-seekers who are, like, shitty people to basically pay to play in this ultimate deer hunter-like game in Central Park. Three, um, put said animal villains into like this hunger game slash ready player one type death game whatever that they're doing and then four watch and wait to ambush spider-man when the time is right like that is craven's plan the whole time and that's pretty much what he does but while this is happening um craven also acts well i say accidentally but black ant and taskmaster who try to capture the lizard to put in this because they think the lizard would be the ultimate prize because he's kind of like the most badass animal to put into this. Uh, they tried to get him was or, or unable to, but they end up capturing his son, Billy, uh, and putting him into the uh, murder prison. And so the weird thing about Billy is Billy has died. Like, Doc Connors, the lizard, killed his entire family. They end up coming back during this weird clone conspiracy event that happened. But these clones can only live for so long before they just de degenerated or like disintegrated doc connors being you know an evil mad scientist that puts lizard dna and everything put evil said evil lizard dna into his clone family and now they live as half human half lizard people and hiding in the tunnels of new york city so you know a great lifestyle for a young teenage boy who you know is going through human hormones and also being a lizard so of course He's not dealing with this well. Goes out, ends up getting captured instead of the lizard by Taskmaster and Black Cat and put in this prison. Um, Black Cat ends up getting tricked by Hammerhead and ends up in this prison, finds Billy, says, oh shit, this is not good. Like, I've stumbled on something bad. Remember, she has a way to contact uh, Peter Parker and uh, sends out a message to him before she gets captured as well. So that's how, you know, Spider-Man gets thrown into this and everything it is hopefully going to be hunky-dory of course peter definitely knows this is a trap um goes in 
and ends up getting captured as well by Craven the Hunter. So now it's him, all of his villains in one spot, about to be hunted by a bunch of super rich evil people who are using Craven the Hunter robots. So like this is the Ready Player One aspect of it is like they get put on VR headsets, they control these robots now, and they're going to like hunt all these people and Spider-Man inside Central Park. And of course, they're paying Craven the Hunter to do it. And um, of course, now that Spider-Man and his villains have one common enemy, the best thing that they can do is team up to fight against them. So that's exactly what they don't do and instead decide to try to fight each other because, you know, villains are going to villain. And through all this chaos, the ultimate villain, aka the Vulture, or at least he calls himself the ultimate villain, uh, the Vulture uses this uh, chance to really like up his leadership game. And he uses like other villains to like throw as cannon fodder to help spin this narrative of his bravery and his fighting against the Craven bots and things like that. So Vulture is definitely using this to his advantage, which he is. He's a cunning guy, so he's a very smart dude. So this actually is working out really well in his uh, favor. Uh, Peter Parker is still trying to find Black Cat and Billy so that he can save them and get them out of here. And um, then we get the ultimate twist of what's going on, and I'm about to sneeze real quick. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, so the ultimate twist is that the people who have the VR headsets to... Um, who think they're ready, ready player one in this game, turns out it's going to be Sword Art Online, and now they can't escape the game, and if they die in the game, they die in real life. So now the villains have a chance to uh, turn the tides on them, which they do, and so now a bunch of people are just dying left and right, and so this is just fucking awful. So a bunch of no-name rich people who we don't care about, and a bunch of low-tier no-name villains are also dying uh, as this is all happening. Um... Eventually, Peter Parker does confront Craven the Hunter, old Craven the Hunter, and is able to beat him through word of mouth. Basically, he just tells a really fine speech, like a, a damn good speech, about what it means to be a person and a human, and not not just that the strongest will survive. It kind of touches Craven the Hunter in a weird way because, you know, he's gone through a lot, so he's like searching for meaning in a way. And he thinks he can find meaning through defeating Spider-Man and killing Spider-Man or being killed by Spider-Man. And, of course, uh, Peter Parker, the man behind the mask, is able to convince him otherwise. In that, and that's how he defeats him, through the power of debate, <laughs> which is what smart people should do. So Craven decides to release everyone from their deathly bonds, take down the barrier, and let Peter go find Black Cat and Billy. And that's not a trick. Like, he really does that. And, um... On the way, like Craven's given some exposition, ex exposition while Peter Parker's going through. So you see Spider-Man swinging through the trees trying to get it, and then young Craven the Hunter, yeah, you probably forgot about that motherfucker, ends up jumping up and tackling Spider-Man, and now they have a drawn-out fight to the death, where young Craven the Hunter finally gets the upper hand and fucking kills Spider-Man right in front of us. But that's where we pull the old switcheroo, and it turns out. It was old Craven the Hunter who puts on the Spider-Man suit to really embody that of Peter Parker, well, not Peter, of Spider-Man, and dies by the hands of his own son, which he planned to do anyway. And, you know, things turn out the way they do. Peter gets out of there. All the villains get out of there. And bada-bing, bada-boom, story over for the pretty much. Um, really, all this story does is to de-age Craven the Hunter. Like, that's really it. And so he still wants to kill Spider-Man. He's just younger now. He doesn't have all the things that old Craven the Hunter has built up. And, 
you know, feelings that he's acquired through all this. So it's just a way to reboot Craven the Hunter. Honestly, it's a pretty damn good story. It, it's fast-paced. It doesn't slow down in any parts. You're very interested. It's not super Spider-Man focused, which is really nice. And what I really enjoy about these stories is when they focus on the villains more than they do the heroes because the heroes always have to go back to square one. The heroes always have to be the same person that they are, but the villains you can do so much more with and you can explore those characters way, way much more. And that's what they do in this comic book and what I really enjoy about it. Artwork's pretty solid. I really like it. And I love Black Cat. Like, after rereading all this stuff and really getting back into it, I realize how much I love the character of Black Cat, and I'm excited to see where they go with her. But that's all I got for you guys this week, and thank you all so much for uh, listening to the podcast. I got to hurry and go to work, and hopefully you guys enjoy this episode, even though it was like super cut down and super just not a whole lot, and it's just very back to basics for me. But we'll see you guys next week. It's holiday week, so Christmas is this weekend, and then we got New Year's the following weekend, and we're going to have an episode in between. We will chat with you guys later. Bye.